today's Court Vision, Fazika Salam joins me. We talk about the NBA, uh, the NBA offseason moves, how the NBA has changed from a big three to dynamic duels, teams that are going to make a run at the NBA championship, and how competitive the NBA is. It was a lot of fun talking to Fazika. He has a, a lot, a bright future in the sports world. He's very smart, very knowledgeable, and it was a lot of fun talking to him. I can't wait to work with him again. Here's Fazika. All right, on today's Court Vision, I welcome on Fazika Salam. He is a student and currently a writer for a few outlets, and one of them being New Jack Sports. How's it going? It's going good. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast. Very excited to have you on. So um, for those who don't know, Fazika is actually in the UK and him and I are on a time difference right now. So this is pretty awesome that we're able to get together and uh, do a podcast together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, I read a bunch of his stuff. And if anyone has a chance to read any of um, his uh his kind of blogs or anything like that, it's on New Jack Sports. I definitely, I highly suggest it. But we're going get, to get started. So, Zisha, uh, I got to ask you a question. How did you get into basketball? And what what made you start? Or what, how did it become a passion of yours? Uh, yeah, so um, I went to America in uh, December of 2017 to visit family. So um, we traveled to Los Angeles and... I went to the Staples Center and then, you know, just around and I saw, you know, this, obviously the statues of, you know, Kareem, Magic, Jerry West. And just, you know, through my time there, I just, you know, watched a lot of basketball and just really started to, you know, get involved with it and really learn about it. Because before then, I just, you know, in the UK, basketball is not that big here. But, you know, going to America, seeing a different culture, like... Uh, it was really interesting for me. So when I got back to England, I just thought to myself, I want to, you know, learn more about basketball and I want to become knowledgeable about it. So I started watching games. Obviously, the analyst shows that first take, undisputed. And then I just, you know, just, just really tried to do my research. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. The sport has um, grown so much here. I think it, it died down for a little bit after Jordan retired. And now it's like one of the yeah. best sports here in America. Um, I think it actually might be bigger than football itself, starting to get bigger than football itself. And I think it's the only sport that stays relevant here that's in the off season. But do you have a favorite player that you like the most? Uh, I think probably my favorite player to watch would probably be Kyrie Irving. Just, you know, watching him, he's like a magician, you know, with the ball. And then because I come from a sport like football where, you know, dribblers like Messi and Neymar, you know, everybody loves them because they just make the game exciting. Like for me, that equivalent in basketball is is definitely Kyrie. Yeah, that's that's true. The guy uh, is unbelievable handles. It's unfortunate what happened yeah. with him in Boston, but you know, being a selfish fan <laughs> on my end, uh, so it's sucked that we yeah, lost him. But it is it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we jump into the NBA uh, season and off seasons of moves and everything that happened like that, I want to get your thoughts on uh, USA basketball. So. You know, USA had finished um, seventh in the FIBA tournament. And what do you think about this finish for USA? And do you feel like European teams have caught up with USA basketball? 
I mean, yeah, it was obviously a very, you know, disappointing finish. Um, I think it was their, you know, their worst finish in in a international tournament ever. And you know, looking at their team, they obviously they didn't have you know any major stars like you know LeBron, AD, Curry, but they still had you know a very good team. They're all they're all you know really good NBA players, and um, you know the European teams. I think they've definitely caught up because you know obviously this this modern NBA you see a lot of um, not just the a lot of European players in the NBA, but the style is more um, European. You see, you know, just players like Doncic who automatically responded to how the NBA is, and obviously, I don't think they qualified. Um, Slovenia qualified his home country for the um, FIBA World Cup, but teams like Serbia and obviously the winner Spain, they've done so well to get to the level of the USA and to actually, you know, beat them. Yeah, and I it's if I think the last time I think USA had a bad finish like that was like back in 2004, 2006. And I remember that team um watching those I think in the in that FIBA tournament. Um, but it's it's it, it's interesting to see, like you said, the NBA game has changed more towards the European style. Um, it used to be a lot of big big man in the NBA, but now it's a lot of spread offense. Yeah. Um, do you think that like USA will change some of its rules to go to the FIBA rules? Like, do you see like you know like the rebound, even the rebounding thing? Like you know the balls on the rim, they can touch it. Um, to was I don't think they will because they'll look at it as we didn't have our best players. Like we were going into the tournament, we were basically um, on a handicap. So I think, I don't think they'll worry too much about it. I mean, you've seen for the 2020 Olympics next year, you've seen, you know, LeBron, um, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they've all, you know, put their, their name in the hat saying that they want to play um, for uh, Team USA. And obviously that's the Olympics and obviously the FIBA are different, but um I think I don't think they would change their change any of the rules because I still think that they probably think that you know I know we didn't win we finished seventh but we're still the best the best team in the world. Yeah, yeah, and they and they are. I mean, we do produce produce some of the best players in the world, and it's always interesting. I mean, even though I think back in 2010 it was they still USA had a little bit of a hard time with Spain. Yeah. In the Olympics, so I don't know. It should be it should be interesting what happens. You know how well they do in the Olympics in twenty twenty. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll, they'll really cruise because now, yeah. obviously, AD as well. He said a few days ago that he wants to play. So for me, it's just already a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> already counted as a gold medal. I, I like yeah. it. I like. I like it too. Yeah, I mean, when you put those guys all together, and especially in today's NBA, everyone likes. You know, those guys know how to play together. So it should oh, be. Yeah. Too much of an issue um so we'll stick with the summer and you know the nba offseason like what do you think of all the changes that happened what do you think the biggest move was in, in the offseason um well the summer was crazy you know twitter was on fire Woj just you know all the Woj bombs all summer um i think the biggest move was probably Kawhi to the clippers you know, because yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty shocking. Yeah, huge, and because 
you know, because it happened so late, you know, he spent so long, you know, deliberating whether to stay with the Raptors or, you know, go to the Lakers or the Clippers. And no one knew what he was going to do. I mean, you had so many reporters out there trying to, you know, break little stories saying, you know, which team Kawhi prefers to go to. But uh, at, at the end, I don't think anyone, I don't think many people expected him to go to the Clippers. Uh, no, I don't. I didn't really think so. And it was crazy that the Paul George trade was like the dom- one of the domino effects to get him to yeah. go. And how secretive it was about that. That was probably maybe as much or um, as much as a shock because you, at least Kawhi was, you know, linked to go to the Clippers. I don't think anybody believed that Paul George was, like, first of all, going to leave Oklahoma City and let alone uh, go to the Clippers. Yeah, it's crazy. And then what do you think about, like, you know, Doc Rivers? Did you hear what Doc Rivers said about that afterwards? Oh, yeah, about um, how he knew that the OKC Thunder was going to break up. Yeah, is, I not, is, yeah. That's, that's, so, that's so weird, like, crazy that he knew about that. <laughs> yeah, because then, then now it's coming up, the, the news is coming up about the tampering and the, the issues about that and how would he know that they were going to break up yeah, and you've seen Adam Silver come out and you know put a lot of rules in it and really enforce um, tampering. And I think it's a ten million dollar fine that owners will get if they're found tampering. And they have um, five random teams each year have to you know give in all their information. And you know at least you're saying that at least he's taking it seriously and he's trying to you know do something about it. Yeah, it's it's true, and I think the rule the tampering too is a little I don't know I also think it's a little tough too because a lot of the guys that are tampering are the NBA players themselves are just like trying to get guys to come well for and play with yeah them. exactly yeah so it's not really I don't feel like it's a lot of the owners either I think it's more guys being like I want to play with you you should come play with me yeah especially with you know player power in this modern NBA it's most it is as you said mostly NBA players you know talking to each other like you saw Kyrie talk about he was on the phone with DeAndre Jordan and Kevin Durant at 4.16 a.m. talking about, you know, whether they should go together. Like, nothing to do with the owners. It's all the players nowadays. Yeah, they are, the, uh, the players really run the show. And, like, you know, a lot of the guys that want to be traded end up getting traded to good teams, too. It's not like they get traded to, like, a crappy team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they control the league. Um, and how do you feel like team, like, you know, guys and teams going away from the big three now and it looks like we're starting to move back into the dynamic duels? I mean, I think it's great for the league. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Golden State Warriors were, it's probably the the greatest team in NBA history, you know, arguably. But there was no competitiveness really for the last four or five years. I mean, they faced, the Cavs uh, four straight years, but it was mostly LeBron. I mean, especially in that last finals, it was, uh, it still shocks me how LeBron, you know, got the Cavs to the finals. Um, But I think it's great for the league. You're seeing, you're seeing two high quality players on a lot of the contenders um, in the NBA, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Rockets now with um, Harden, Westbrook. I mean, it's just I, this is going to be one of the most exciting NBA seasons that you know I can definitely remember. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I'm like, I think. Do you think this is the most competitive NBA that we've had in a long time? 
for sure, because I I can't tell you who's going to win the title. I mean, the Eastern Conference is a little bit more, you know, iffy because they lost the Eastern Conference, lost Kawhi, they lost uh, Jimmy Butler, but they've still got, you know, teams like the 76ers, uh, you know, the East, the Nets with Kyrie, the Raptors are still a competitive team without Kawhi. Um, Milwaukee with Giannis. I mean, that one's very difficult, but I think everyone's eyes are on the Western Conference now because I it's just gonna be it's gonna be so entertaining to watch who gets out of the West. Yeah, I know that means you're gonna have to stay up later to watch this, those Western yeah, Conference sad, games. Sad, sadly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always tough, but I mean, uh, at least I heard they were trying to reconsider the move the times, but a little bit better. But I mean, it's definitely tougher for you more than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it should be interesting because that West is so dynamic and so like strong. Like I, I don't even know. Like those guys could be beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, it's I, I, it's legit. There's legit, legitimately around five or six teams in the West that can that can you know win the West. Oh uh, yeah, it is. And like, do you is there um, like a team that kind of like surprised you that like. It made some like the lowest of the offseason moves that you were like it was a surprise team that made the most moves like I don't know like a Utah or something. Um, yeah, Utah was my pick because you know they were already a very very good team. They've been a fifty win team for a few seasons now, and to get Bogdanovich, um, you know, career high twenty points per game, you know, great shooter, and to get Mike Conley, you know, one of the most underrated. Um, not just guards, but players since he's been in the NBA. Um, it's, they can definitely be a top three side in the West, in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I like it kind of, and like you said, Mike Conley, it's unbelievable. That guy's career, I can't believe like he's never been an all star and like this is so underrated. Yeah, he's been this been criminally underrated. And you know, if he was in the Eastern Conference, he he would be a perennial all-star, but, you know, he's had the misfortune of playing in the Western Conference where there's just always been great guards since he's been in the league. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, he's got to deal with a Westbrook and a Harden constantly. And, yeah. You know, Kobe. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate, but I hope I hope he gets the recognition he does this year with being on that Utah team. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, he will. I don't think he'll be an all-star, but, you know, his his impact on the team um, especially on Donovan Mitchell, is it's going to be you know more it's it's more worth more worth it than you know just a an all star appearance. Yeah, I think so too, and I think Mitchell's going to take a, a step forward too this year because I feel like there's less pressure on him this year. Yeah, definitely. He's been dealing with you know he's been he's had the scoring burden his first two years, and you know you don't really see a player like a, a rookie really come into the team become their best player, you know, lead them to two playoff appearances. And, you know, we've seen over the past two years, he's kind of forward a bit in the in the playoffs. You know, he's had that burden. Um, his his efficiency has um, been hurt by that. And having a player like Conley, who's experienced, who can just, you know, teach him a few things, you know, he it will be, it's going to be massive for Mitchell, you know, becoming a superstar, which I definitely think he can come, um, can become. Yeah, I, I do too, and I, I felt bad for him last year because in the playoffs, they just like the media jumped all over him for being like, like for not scoring a lot, or like they were just all over him, and like the, his teammates were sticking up for him. Yeah, it's just uh, the high standards 
that you know that he has now just because because of how well he's done in his first two years. Yeah, it's crazy, and I think I think you know like it's like the NBA I think is going to be in good hands too, like just with the Mitchell and you know like a, a Tatum. Hopefully, he takes a step forward this year as well. Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of good young players. I think while those guys are on that FIBA team. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's the NBA. You know, not just in as well as the European, the young European players as well. As I said, Doncic, Porzingis. Hopefully, he's. You know, we get to see the old Porzingis. You know, with Dallas this year. Giannis is still young. I mean, we. It's you just know that the NBA is going to be in great hands. Yes, definitely. Um, and you know, like out. I want to just jump back to LA because we talked a little bit more about like with the um the Clippers and, you know, the moves that they made with Kawhi, but like, you know, there's a battle for LA. And do you think the Clippers can really be the main team in LA? Uh, not this year. I think like the Lakers are my pick to win the NBA championship this year. And it's going to be tough. I, I think the Lakers and the Clippers are going to be the top two seeds. So hopefully that, that means they're going to meet and if all goes well, they're going to meet in the Western conference finals. But, you know, time is on the Clippers' side in terms of the age of their stars. I mean, Paul George is, I think, 29, Kawhi's 28. You know, compared to LeBron, you know, he's becoming 35 in December. But I do think the Clippers can win a championship with those two guys, but I don't think they can really become the main team in LA. They're going to have to win more than one championship to do that. That's, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I I think I actually think the Clippers are built to win. I think, but LA looked. Did you see the game last night? Um, I caught a bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, they looked. The Lakers looked pretty dominant. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. In just in their first game, and uh, against the Warriors as well. I know that's without Clay, but they did look really good. Yes. Yeah, they did. It was. I. It's sort of that. Um, AD had like 17 points in the first quarter, and like seven dunks or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I think you know I was I that kind of I mean I know it's just preseason and I was kind of predicting the Clippers to be the main team in the NBA and LA, but like after watching that, I could be wrong. I don't know, but like I think the Clippers defensively are are a sound team. I think that's a team that's you're going to be guys that are going like main superstars are going to be switching and they're going to be stuck with either Beverly or a George or a Kawhi. Yeah, they are they'll. They have the potential to be the the best defensive team in the in the NBA. You have two elite, you know, wing defenders in Kawhi and Paul George. You've got a you've got a rough rider in Beverly, <laughs> Montrose Harrell. You know, he proved himself last year finalist for sixth man of the year. I mean, they the the, the Lakers are a you know they've got a decent defending defensive team. Obviously, AD is the only elite one there, but on the Clippers, you've got multiple elite defenders. Yeah, yeah, you do, and it, it, like like you said, I it's gonna be interesting. But like you said, I think the Lakers might be the team to be out in LA. But we'll see, yeah. we'll see, we'll find out. I don't know. Yeah. And like this Clippers team is um, the combination of George and Kawhi might be the first time in a long time we might have seen two dominant wing players on both sides of the ball uh, since Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, that I I agree with that. I mean. We haven't really seen a duo like that, as you said, since Jordan and Pippen. In what since that's about 20, 20 years. 
Just yeah. Old ways. yeah, yeah. Ah, man, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, makes me feel old when <laughs> yeah. that's that. Actually, no, is it 30? We're coming up, oh, no, I don't know, almost 30. No, 20, yeah, I feel old, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're 20, I don't know. So you, you didn't see, have you, what, you must have watched highlights of Jordan and Pippen, right? Yeah, just highlights, yeah. The highlights. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, I I grew up like watching them. So yeah, I'm like, um, I got gray hair now. I'm third. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I rather go gray than lose it. But yeah, I we yeah used exactly to, yeah. <laughs> those are the guys that like, they were a lot of fun to watch and just to see them dominate the game. I think it's be cool to see two good wing players like that come together. Yeah, definitely. And I've been excited that we're going back to the dynamic duel. I mean, I'm sick of the big three stuff yeah i mean you it's just it's just great for the competitors in the league because as i said before you know the nba kind of lost that and um with with the warriors but just to get that back you know i definitely think it's gonna you know gain more viewers because i think the nba did lose a few viewers you know during the warriors run the i think the finals ratings numbers um was down this year and you know it's definitely going to be higher this year oh yeah definitely and i think too like i think like i said i had mentioned before i think with the nba it just stays relevant throughout the whole year like we're in we were in the middle of the summer still talking about nba basketball yeah it's it's crazy how like how it's just it's gonna be I think the ratings are going to be out of control, especially Christmas Day is going to be high high ratings. And then I think whoever makes the finals and the playoffs are going to be high ratings, especially the Western Conference. No, for sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, so like, so for the Eastern Conference, do you think the Nets are going to be the team that beat in the East in a couple of years with Durant and Kyrie and DeAndre? I mean, I don't know if I, don't know if I would consider them a big three, but yeah, uh, <laughs> those two um, guys, Kyrie and Durant, what do you think? I mean, you know, if – KD does come back healthy and, you know, he looks the same as he's, you know, as he's done his whole career. They're, they're for me, they're, they're the team to beat. But, you know, this year, obviously, they don't have him. Uh, they still got, you know, a pretty good team from last year, you know, minus D'Angelo Russell. But, you know, you add Kyrie Irving into that. They're definitely a playoff team. Just, you know, where they finish in the East is, is the question. Yeah, it's it's true. Um, it should be interesting, and when you get a healthy Durant back, it should be interesting to see how well those two guys play together. Um, and what do you think about like DeAndre going out to Golden State? Like, how well do you think he'll strive out there? I mean, I personally, I think he's going to do well. I know, I know that there's been doubters because you know his style of play. You know, he relies heavily on the pick and roll, and Golden State. You know, they play a motion offense, but you know, Steve Kerr has come out and said. You know, we've got a player with D'Angelo who plays a lot of pick and roll. So that's what we're going to do. I mean, you, you've got to play to his strengths, especially with Clay Thompson now. And, you know, they have, you know, they acquired Willie Cauley-Stein from Sacramento. I know he's injured now, but he's also, you know, a dominant pick and roll player. So, you know, that that com- that combo well, with um, Stein when he comes back and Russell is, is going to be is going to be potent. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think... Um... I don't know. I, I think he. I kind of felt bad for him because he did take a step forward as that leader, and now like with the Nets, and now like was being the guy, and now he's kind of 
I don't know, like the third guy on the the Warriors. Yeah, like I, I think, like there's been questions whether you know he's gonna whether the Warriors are gonna you know trade him once Clay comes back because you know it doesn't really make sense kind of to have him once Clay comes back. Like you have three guards who are elite, but you know he doesn't really fit into the team, and you know they could get things back from you know picks you know first round picks whether they want uh, a forward because you know they lost um Iguodala they lost obviously Kevin Durant Livingston retired so they're they're short on that end so it's going to be interesting to see when Clay comes back what the Warriors do with him yeah it is and it's like we said you have a three guard set right there and it should be interesting with and if they do trade him you, you can get a ton of assets back well yeah, what, what are you going to do? Like, uh, who's going to play the – you're really going to play really small ball if you bring all three of them on the floor at once. Yeah, plus, you know, defend defensively, you know, he's not he's not that good. And to have uh, Russell and Curry in the same lineup, uh, it's going to – it it doesn't make sense defensively for the Warriors, and it puts a lot of pressure on Clay and um, Draymond as well. Yeah, it's, that's it's very true. Um. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting the way it's gonna play out. So. Yeah. Um. And you know, what are your thoughts too? I mean, back to the Nets. Um. What are your thoughts on like Kyrie and his comment about why he was disconnected from the Celtics? I mean, you know, he talked about his grandfather passing away, and obviously that's a that's a tragic loss, and it obviously, as he said, it took it took him away from really focusing. On basketball and for him you know it it just meant that you know family is just more important than basketball and for him his move to Brooklyn obviously growing up in Jersey he was a home he was a, a boyhood uh, Nets fan um, obviously when they were in New Jersey uh, it just made sense for, it just made sense for him to you know come back home and now that he has you know his best friend with you know Kevin Durant um, in the Nets and obviously DeAndre Jordan as well, it, it just made sense for him. And you know, it didn't go where it, it kind of ended horribly with the Celtics. I mean, there was controversy all season long. You know, he he said himself that he failed as a leader, and to us, I think it's the best for both sides because now the Celtics have Campbell Walker, who for me fits in a lot better than Kyrie ever did. He doesn't have an ego. He even said himself, you know, he can't. He's he built up such a great chemistry with, you know, Tatum and uh, Brown and Marcus Smart in with um, Team USA. So for me, it's a it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I think um, I think it's interesting too because I think Kimba comes in with more, a little bit more leader experience, leadership experience than Kyrie. Um, yeah. In the sense of being in that in that situation down in Charlotte and how well he's handled, like how well he handled it down there. Um, but also as well, I think that Kimba is like a little more, has that leadership and is a little more like can handle more of the young guys and deal with that. And I think I think Kyrie was trying to pull more of a LeBron and try to pull out like the best out of everyone, but sometimes that stuff doesn't work. Yeah, and you know because he's Kyrie's still young. I mean, he's twenty seven, and yeah, you know you <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> Like he's still he's still a young guy, so it was always going to be difficult for him to try and you know pull rank, especially on 
like players like Marcus Marcus Morris, who you know he's he's what 30, 31. He's a yeah. vet in this league. It was, it was always it's always going to be and you know Al Horford as well. Obviously not there anymore at seventy sixes, but it was always going to be difficult for Kyrie because you know that's his first attempt at you know being a leader, and he learned from LeBron, but you know he's not LeBron, so it's, 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 it was going to be difficult for him. But hopefully with the Nets, you know it's going to be different. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope I, I like I do like I don't have any ill will towards Terry and I hope it works out for him. Um um Brooklyn, like you said, he's a magician magician with the ball and like everything he does is the the way he shoots and the way he puts the balls like the English he puts on the ball to get it in off like the backboards, unbelievable. He's an unbelievable player to watch. Yeah, and for him, you know, with the Nets, it it's not just, you know, about basketball fit. I mean, mentally he's at peace, you know. Yeah. He's, you know, obviously he he mourned his grandfather. He's at home. He said most of his family's here, you know, his 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 uh, father, his sister, his daughter. I mean, mentally, like, that means a lot for him, I believe. So it's, it's just going to put him in a great place uh, to do well with the Nets. Yeah, and especially with that organization, I've, um, I've spoken to a couple of journalists that work for the Nets. And the stuff that they say about that organization is how culture they are and how a close knit culture they are. I think it's going to be good for him as well too. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Unless he yeah. disconnects from there, and then yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, him and Durant. I don't know. I mean, I like Durant, but he's been more outspoken. I haven't been too big of a fan of him after like the, some of the stuff he said and the whole uh, burner Twitter account thing. Also, was like, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Durant was thinking with that team, and just they're they can be very combustible. You never know in the NBA what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean that's. That's the NBA for you. I mean, who would have thought he would have left, you know, three-time champions where he can, you know, he's the best player, you know, his finals MVP. And and to go to Brooklyn, I mean, it was a it was a it was a shock move, but you know, that's Durant for you. I mean, he's a he's an unpredictable person. Yeah, it's true. And I was kind of disappointed that he left Oklahoma City too before he went to Golden State, because I really thought that team had a good chance with him. In Westbrook, and you know, and if he did leave, it's kind of upsetting that he left to go to the team that he lost to in the conference finals in game seven. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think anyone would have really had a big problem if he did leave Oklahoma City, but it's the fact that he went to the team that beat him. Like it was, it was a punk move for me. Like, and you know, the the criticism that he's got, I think you know, some of it's definitely been justified to be honest with you yeah yeah no i i definitely fully agree and like you said it was a, a punk move because i remember i don't know like those games were so entertaining those those two teams playing against each other because the two youngest teams in the nba at the time yeah. and they were just i think that was like the future and that was a great rivalry now it was like must see tv and now i don't know he goes and joins them and i was disappointing but now it's interesting because he left there and now it's going to see now we're back to must see TV overall in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, much, much needed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, and, you know, speaking of that, Oklahoma City Thunder team with that West with Westbrook, you know, what do you think about Westbrook and Harden teaming up together on Houston? I mean, I'm probably one of the few that thinks, you know, it's going to work out. I mean, 
what Westbrook's been saying in the media, you know, he's been asked questions about his touches, you know, whether he cares if his stats go down. Evan, you know, he's come back and said, you know, whatever we need to do to win, I'm going to do it. If Harden gets hot, I'll on my sitting on the bench watching him do that. And I believe him. I mean, he's he's done everything he's really need to do in terms of stats and, you know, proving people wrong. I mean, he's he's been an MVP. He's averaged triple-double three years in a row. I mean, I don't I don't see what else he has left to prove statistically. All that's left for Russell Westbrook to do is win. And I honestly believe he will do anything to do that. And, you know, it's the same thing with Harden. I mean, he's been an MVP as well. He's, he's average, he averaged 36 points this past season, you know, the highest, um, the highest points per game since Michael Jordan averaged, I think it was 37. So yeah. I think it's, it's going to work out between them. They've known each other since, since they were kids. They played together in Oklahoma City. Uh, I mean, they, not just them, but they've got they've got a really good team around them. Eric Gordon, who I definitely think is underrated, he was great in the even though they lost against the Warriors in the conference semifinals last year. I thought Gordon was great. They've got Capella, who's still improving, still young, 20, 24, 24 25 years old. Um, they've they've I've, they've definitely got a chance to do something special in the Western Conference. But to do that, they're going to have to go through two very very loaded teams in the LA Clippers and the LA Lakers. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I think they, they have an opportunity. I think they can do very well to be a championship contender. I mean, they did. They have taken Golden State. I mean, except for last year, um, they have taken Golden State to its limits, and, you know, with what they yeah. had and everything like that. And, um, you know, I was kind of glad to see Paul – I know it's bad to say. I was kind of glad to see Paul go away, and I think with him and I think with Westbrook and Harden, it's gonna be a lot different. I feel like when you watched Paul and Harden play together, it was who can dribble out the shot clock the most and try to get the ball fired up, and then all that rumors of of Jimmy Butler going there. I feel like we're gonna watch like three guys dribble out the shot clock and shoot. But now I think with these two, it's I think it's gonna be more uh, fast paced and high paced game with the uh, Rockets team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dan told him that's what he was known for with Phoenix, you know, fast-paced, you know, with Steve Nash as the point. Evan, he's obviously, you know, kind of gone back on that with with Houston, you know, um, with Harden just dominating the ball and, you know, just about threes, uh, dunks and layups. But when you have a player of Westbrook's, you know, athleticism and his his drive and his like his just his his speed. I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to speed things up a little bit. Um, you know, you have to you have to cater to to Westbrook. I mean, he's a he's a legendary player. So hopefully, we get to see you know more more exciting basketball in Houston because Harden's done unbelievably well. But I don't think you would say it's been you know exciting watching them play. No, I mean, I actually was out, so I went to the game. I think it was game five against Golden State versus. Houston um, in the playoffs and it was difficult to watch. It was difficult basketball to watch because just being a basketball fan, I like to see the ball move around and like actually being a coach it's in itself. Um, you know, you, you want to see that ball get moved around, but this, it was tough to watch them. Just like I said, they mentioned that the way they played was just dribble out the shot clock and shoot, you shoot with like five seconds left in the shot clock. And that's not Tony basketball. I feel like. Yeah. And you know, not only is it not easy on the eye, but, you can't win that way. I mean, as you know, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady said, 
and Scottie Pippen, you know, during the playoffs last year. You can't you can't win that way, you know, with one player dominating the ball and just playing one way and not a plan B. I mean, you see how versatile Golden State are. They can play any way you want to. But Houston have one side of play and D'Antoni is, you know, stubborn to... He's just stubborn. He just wants to play that way. He doesn't, you know, make adjustments. That's been a criticism of him. And, you know, he's in his final year of his contract. Tillman Fatia said, you know, he said he wants him to be the coach for the next, you know, couple of seasons. But, I mean, he's definitely on the clock now because he's got he's got Westbrook now. So he's got to do something special with this team. Otherwise, I don't think he's going to be there next, next season. No, I fully agree with you on that one. I was just going to say, I don't think you took the words right out of my mouth. I don't think if they get even, I think conference finals are bust with him, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, especially they gave them, they're giving them the tools to work with. And it's not, you know, you can't get there, then that's, that's a bad issue. That's an issue. You know, they're, they're deep in the luxury tax. They're paying both of them. 40 million, you know, they gave Capella a big contract um, last year. Gordon's earning, you know, 16, 17 million dollars a year. I mean, Fatia's, you know, he's he's putting his money where his mouth is. You know, he's put that money in and deservedly he's expecting results with this team. So the pressure's on D'Antoni to, you know, make it work now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I fully agree with you on that one. Um, and then I just, what, one more team I want to ask about in the West is the Denver Nuggets. Where do you think they stand and like how far do you think they'll go? Because that's a that's an interesting team. I feel like they might be a superstar away, but well, I mean, what are your thoughts on them? I mean, the Nuggets last season, obviously second seed, that they they have such a, a young team, but such a good team. They've got a great coach in Michael Malone. I mean, Jokic, he's one of my top five picks to uh you know, be the MVP this season. I mean, he's such a unique player. You know, he he's not he's barely athletic, but you know, he can pull up stats of what 25, 10, and seven. I mean, the best already what four or five years into the league's already the best passer, uh, the part the best passing big man that we've seen. Um, you know, they they got Michael Porter Jr. back this season. You know, he was you know, a bubble number one um, overall pick to be uh, in the NBA draft last year. But, you know, injuries made him fall to 15th. They got ball, ball, you know, yeah. another another unique talent. I mean, averaging 21 and nine with Oregon before he went down with an injury. I mean, I doubt we'll see much of him this season. You know, probably going to be playing in the G League, just, you know, earning his stripes, learning more about the game. But, you know, they got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, you know, Will Barr, and they've got such a really good team, a good mix of, you know, youth and experience. They, you know, their criticism last year was that they had, you know, no playoff experience. They didn't know how their stars would react in a pressure environment, but they went through a tough, tough, you know, seven-game series with the Spurs. I know they're not the Spurs of old, but, you know, Greg Popovich, Popovich is still there. The philosophy is still there. They've been in the playoffs 21, 22 years in a row. To get through that was a major step for them. I know they lost to Portland, but that was also another seven-game series. That could have gone either way. The Nuggets, I think they could be, you know, top four team in the West. I mean, possibly higher because they're such a really good regular season team. So they can do... I don't think it's going to be this year, this year, but I can see them winning a championship in the next three, four years if they keep all their players. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I agree with you on that one. I think they, you know, the way they built that team and how well they're playing Jokic, how well he's, like, come around is unbelievable. And like you said, he's already one of the best passes in the game. I mean, not, the, you know, the prime thing of athleticism, but, like, he's he's a great player. And I think, like you said, if they keep all that crew together, I think you're, I think you're right. You're going to see a championship there in three or four years. Yeah, I mean, they they – they're just such a such a good team, man. Honestly. Yeah, and and I and one more like a question about the Western team is you mentioned the Portland Trailblazers. I love CJ McCollum, and I think he's one of the best. Like he's one of my favorite players, and I think Damian Lillard too is one of my, also one of my favorite players as well. But like, if that team doesn't win, do you think they have to break that team up? Um. That's a tough one because you know they gave Damian his money, they gave CJ his money. And I think they'll probably have to break up if it, if they don't, you know, at least get to the conference finals this year. Because I personally, I think they've reached the highest they can they can go for me. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think it's. Um, I mean, even they added Hassan Whiteside this off season, but I don't know how much of the effect that it has with those guys. You know, I think you might be able to get some more assets. If you trade one of those guys and maybe get more role players and possibly maybe another superstar just fits in a different way. Yeah, like we saw um, at the end of two uh, two years ago when they got swept by the um, Pelicans, you you saw CJ McCollum come on first take and with Stephen A. You know, boldly, you know, he said that I think they should trade one of you to, as you said, you know, get get some players back and you know just make that team, you know just try and make it a bit more better overall because you know they got swept by the golden state warriors last season that i think they had a, 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 a i think they were up in every game at half like um uh, during the third quarter but you know they the warriors came back and then you know they're just that experience but uh i think i think after this season or the season after they're going to have to break up and then just, you know, try and go again. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, should should be interesting. Like I said, it should be an interesting season. Um, and what is the game you are looking forward to the most this season? I mean, it's got to be that Christmas Day Clippers versus Lakers. I mean, I know they're, they're, they're facing off against each other on uh, opening, opening night, but it's just, you know, the Christmas games are always special. You know, it's a great feeling. Staples Center. That's going to be obviously watching it from the UK. Probably about three AM. But it's still going to be a, a, such a great game to watch. And you know, Paul George is going to be out for the you know opening opening night one. He's going to be out until mid November. They said so. Seeing him and Kawhi together against AD and LeBron. Hopefully, they're every, every, everybody's healthy. It's going to be a an exciting exciting match to watch. No, oh, yeah, definitely. That's must see TV right there. Yeah. And so, um, last final question here before we wrap it up. Um, your way too early predictions. You did mention your, your NBA champion were going to be the Lakers this year. Um, yeah. Who is your MVP this year? There are there's so many options. So many <laughs> options. Uh, my MVP is probably going to be Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, He's he's done great things in uh, the Pelicans, you know, regular season, but you know he hasn't won. But you know it is a regular season award. But 
they ever won in the regular season, really. He's made the playoffs twice. But, you know, playing with LeBron, LeBron said he's going to, the Lakers are going to play, are going to play through him. They're going to run the offense through him. I think, you know, he's going to have another amazing year. His stats are going to be what, like they always are, 27 and 12, uh, probably four or five assists because he's just that great one or two blocks. I think it's going to be a tough, I won't be surprised if he doesn't win because there's just so many other players. I mean, his teammate LeBron, you've got Giannis, who's I think right now is the, the odds-on favourite to, to win the MVP back-to-back, you know. But I think AD is my, my choice this year. It's a good choice. Yeah, I think he, like you mentioned, I think he's going to have, like we started in the preseason game, I think he's going to have an explosive year. And I think being out in LA, you get a little more uh, publicity than you do in New Orleans. So it should be, um, should be interesting with him. Yeah. Oh, all right. So I have one, actually one more question. Speaking of New Orleans, what do you think about that team? <laughs> New Orleans are, if you don't have anything uh, bad to say about them, but they're just gonna, they're going to be exciting. That's that's what you're looking for. They're going to be an, an exciting team. You know, Zion. You know, the players they got from the Lakers trade, Lonzo. Obviously, that's going to be a. We saw a clip of a Lonzo and. Um, Alonzo Lobb and obviously Zion finished it with a thunderous dunk. You know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're still so, they're such a young team. They've got a long way to go. It's a loaded Western Conference, but I think they have the potential to be a special team in the next, you know, three, four, five years. Yeah. Yeah. They made, they made, I think they made a good turnaround. I think they made out well with all the deals that they did. And even in the offseason, I think they made some good moves by signing J.J. Redick, just having that veteran presence for that team. Um, and, like, they pretty much have Duke 2.0 for, for the, the starting lineup. But it, it, it'll be it's – exciting, it's exciting to be a Pelicans fan, I think, too, if anyone's out there is a Pelicans fan listening. They have an exciting season ahead of them. Yeah, Redick, for me, that was such an underrated acquisition. You know, not just because he's, he's an elite shooter, but – you know, just as you said, a veteran presence. You saw, you know, he's already got a good relationship going with Zion. There was a clip going around um, of Redick having a three-point contest with Alonzo. And, you know, that's such a, that, that was such a great um, acquisition. And that's a big loss for the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, I know they have, you know, they brought in Josh Richardson, Al Horford, but that shooting is, and, but they lost, and they lost Butler as well. I mean, that's going to be a big loss for the 76ers. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what their lineup's going to be and what they're going to do. I I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. That's just my personal thoughts. I think, like you said, they, they're missing out on that shooting. And, you know, I know Benson's been working hard in the offseason on a shot, but it's going to be a weird – I think they're just – they went back to the old school. Just two, They're going to play two big men at the same time. Yeah, I mean, we saw Simmons – you know, he's, we saw a lot of, you know, pick up basketball with him, you know, shooting three, shooting mid-range. And then there was a report yesterday in a Sixers scrimmage that, you know, he had chances to, he had an open three, I think twice, and he he um, he didn't go for it. So the, they, the 76ers go as far as Simmons can take them. I mean, if he doesn't shoot the basketball, they're not going to get out of the East. If he does, and he's respectable, I have them beating Milwaukee and the, in the conference finals. It's just whether he can, you know, grow as a player. I mean, it's going to be his third year playing, his fourth year in the NBA total. 
I mean, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do it sooner or later because it's harming the team. It's harming it's harming Embiid. I mean, Embiid can't really play, you know, as a true big man for most of the, for a lot of the game because he has to be the one to go on the perimeter to you know space the floor and Simmons has to go down low because he can't shoot. So, I mean, Simmons has to. He it's it's not a question of um, if it's like when he adds you know shooting to his game. It, it's true, and he needs to, out like you said at one point, is he doing more harm than good for that for that team? You know, he he needs to step up in some sort of way to be a good shooter, um, you know, and have that confidence to shoot. Like you said, if he just had two open shots in a pickup game and didn't take them, that that's a confidence thing, I think, in himself. Yeah, I mean, he has to he has to. Uh, go through, get through that as as quickly as quickly as he can, because you know, if he wants to, if he wants to win, he's got to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I fully agree. All right, Fuziga, I can't thank you enough, man, for coming on. I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, you're you have to come back on now that you've been on my show. So, <laughs> uh, I would love, love to, man. <laughs> yeah, especially when the NBA season starts to get going. I mean, we're um, you know, we're we're getting there soon, so I'm I'm excited, and you know, for someone that just started watching the game a few years ago, you're very well knowledge about it and you definitely have a high passion about it. And I suggest any listeners out there to read any of his art, Fizika's articles on new Jack sports. Awesome. Like you just heard him on my podcast, wealth of knowledge, uh, basketball, and just in such a short little time. So very passionate. And I highly suggest anyone out there, read it, go to go follow him on LinkedIn. Um, he's, he's you hear, you heard it here. He's, a wealth of knowledge of sports, uh, of basketball, and great, great, great to listen and great to talk to. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. All right, no problem. You have a good rest of your day, and you too, we'll, be, we'll be in touch. All right, of course. All right, bye bye. Bye. All right, that was my interview with Fazika. A lot of fun. I can't wait to work with him again and have him on the show again. Um, this week, two more episodes will be brought to you Wednesday and Friday. This week on Wednesday's episode, we will have Craig Randall. And then on Friday, Coach Kevin Sutton of the University of Rhode Island. Great interviews of those. I hope you guys enjoyed today's. I'll see you Wednesday.